Oh, is this right? Trouble, I guess. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Grow Rugby. My name is Gift Gift Time at Baylu. And uh, look, um, I hope you guys enjoyed the little bit of rugby that happened before. Honestly, I just did it to get your attention because uh, this podcast this week is definitely going to be a little bit different. I'm not going to. Uh, I, I wanted to. I wanted to put on the interview that we had for today uh, with Nicholas Walcott, um, great rugby player. Um, really great to talk to and, and had a lot of insight. <clears throat> but unfortunately, uh, the incidents that are happening right now, I just did not feel like, not that it wouldn't tell it, that wouldn't be as good a time as any, but because honestly, my feelings on this, I think, um, need to have the, it, it needs to stand alone. And, um, I don't want to diminish the value that you were going to get from uh, the Nicholas Walcott uh, interview and uh, and then also put on a very long intro going into it. Um, you know, it's 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 funny. You you again, I, I actually put a video out. You guys can see it on my YouTube. YouTube is gift YouTube dot com slash gift time rugby network. And I put it up there because this was a, a cry, an accountability measure for myself to to essentially what I said was anything that I'm able to learn and provide, uh, I will help to the, the black women, black men, black boys, black girls and everybody in between that I'm here to be able to help on the whenever we are trying to work towards the other side, because contrary to what popular belief is, obviously, if you really understand the protest and rioting and everything like that isn't a solution. It never was intended to be a solution. It is a measure uh, to be able to help provide the awareness. And it's literally the, the outlet of rage and anger that's happened in the country, regardless of whether some looters are not doing anything for the cause and acting up or whether there's some that did it intentionally or peaceful protests, all of them, act as a symbolic method. I mean, right now on Facebook and social media, people are doing the blackouts, all symbolic methods. But ultimately, you have to be able to say, what's that next step? And at least for my part, I was saying that for black boys, black girls, black men, black women, everybody in between, and if you are a non-black person who happens to continue to respect, uh, not happens to continue, but who respects black bodies and willing to support and and continue obviously on a mission, but most importantly to not denigrate uh, and devalue uh, black bodies. Uh, I, you know, I'm here to be able to help you to get to wherever you need to. Uh, if I learn how to do it, I'll pass it on your way. I'm going. I sell. I broadcast talent, whatever, anything it is that I can be able to offer. Uh, I want to be able to at least be able to uh, present it and, and at least make it pr uh, offerable to you uh, so that you can achieve that. Because what happens in this next 
road on this next generation, this further down for some of us, rest of the generation, it impacts the whole. So I, I'm here for that. In this situation, this one, I'm making an accountability towards everybody else. Uh, this one here is one that I hope it goes and it trends or that people understand it. It's not, it's not a peaceful measure, but it is the rational one. And, and on top of that, it's an honest and transparent one. And for me, it is massively important that that gets out. Um, you know, I, I'm, I, like I said in my other video, you know, you sometimes take a step back to uh, protect yourself. Not so much to, not so much to, not so much to, um, not so much to, to protect yourself from the reality. It's to protect your mind. Um, obviously, uh, if you don't know, I am a black man who lives in the deep south in an area where Ultimately, it has a history of issues. Um, everything that we were seeing here with Minneapolis, we dealt with this here in Baton Rouge in 2016 with the Alton Sterling case, a situation that actually happened just down the street from where I live now, literally three blocks over. So it's not something that I'm un un unknown for. I'm not going to say that I made it out because I happen to have been in Japan actually during that time, right before it all popped, because we even had a flood that consisted within that time. But so the concept of going from pandemic to from from natural pandemic to social pandemic and seeing what the aftermath of it has been over the course of the four years where friends of mine still got uh, not got got hounded by petty and arrogant politicians um, to this day. They still do from that 2016 Alton Sterling situation and the protest that happened and knowing whenever the cops came down the street on government, just seven blocks uh, north of here, the south of here. Um, we, we've seen it. So it, it adds an added level of exhaustion to just repeat the cycle again. And again, and it's just it becomes so much that you just want to just, yo, I, if I can, if I have to be able to make forward progress, I, I can't do I can't let it come in. But then you get to a point where it's just like it's it's too much. The George Floyd situation, it set me into a rage I, I, I hadn't touched and I didn't realize um, how tired I was of seeing it. And I, I have a pretty hard exterior where you compartmentalize things. And, uh, you know, but 10 years of camera phone video of black men and women getting killed by the police, add that to the additional seven years of beheadings from the Iraq war and obviously the results that came from that. Um, you know, you, you, apparently the body does have a traumatic point and it's just like, okay, I, I can't sit back. So it brings me to what I wanted to really press on and talk about for today. And 
you know, I will put this into a story so that you, you hopefully it, it resonates. We've reached this time that community-wise, you, you have to stand for something. It's not even like, it's not about neutral. You can be moderate. You can be rational, but it, you have to stand on something. For me, as a person who's an advocate of the rugby community, um, obviously, I, I love this community. I love this sport. I love playing the sport. I love helping to be a part of development. I love talking to the people in the sport. Um, and I'm a big believer in the factor that the sport resonates in diversity and, um, and, and has an inclusiveness that um, it, it at least tries to project. At the same time, it's a sport that is also incredibly limited sometimes in its social understanding, uh, can be terribly over neutral, uh, does not moderate, neutral, straight up lukewarm. Um, in this attempt of saying, I don't want my traditional aspect of it to change. I, I am, rugby is a contrarian view to the way that other popular sports have. And so my good is their evil and their evil is my good. Uh, essentially what they do always tends to go against what should be right, which isn't even accurate. But at the same time, uh, rugby can over overhype itself to be uh, a bit self-righteous within the community, and that's neither correct. And through these years, I've I've enjoyed being able to watch and spectate and participate, and I've I've gained. This is this is the place that I want to be. I will grow, and 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 whatever developed from there continues to develop. But I also have to look at my landscape, especially here in the States, but I mean, I'm even talk overseas. Here in the States, as a media person in rugby, uh, I am one of two, and I mean media outlets, not just commentators or anything. I'm talking about media outlets. It's myself and uh, uh, whenever he has time, my guy, uh, uh, Tozan Tutitanwe, uh, with, um, uh, his rugby outlet. Um, and even that, <clears throat> you know, it gets, he just hasn't had the opportunity cause stuff. So we're talking about maybe one, one black person. Now in terms of, you know, black people in media, you know, we're maybe one of, Five, six, you know, Phaedra's, uh, the uh, Coma Gandhi Fishbins, uh, um, I, I honestly I can't even I can't even really think. And then you have power brokers, you know, in 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 uh, 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 oh, Junior Blabber, I think, also with with rugby wrap-up um but power brokers like kevin battle uh shea flowers 
Um, you have coaches um, uh, it, it, with the women. Uh, it's it's, and I'm sorry, I can't remember everyone's name because I'm kind of in a hype emotional state. So forgive me, but it's not a lot in a position of outlet. And, you know, we got players and it's, it's developing up there, but it's not a lot. So the representation for rugby, you know, even guys like Roots and everybody, like there's not a lot of people, a lot of black people within the rugby, um, rugby outlet world in terms of a spot to go to so it kind of becomes a responsibility that we we have to speak it loud or else we're, we're hypocrites you know and for myself you know outside of a media outlet I'm a guy trying to promote um, rugby at historically black colleges and universities with the intent of not just bringing rugby people black rugby people, black people into rugby, but to make rugby useful for the development of, of black uh, culture, black people, uh, and, and to be able to essentially strengthen the entirety of the whole by putting in the community that has also done as much as anybody to uh, impact uh, the nation of the, U the U.S. and impact the world. But I can't sit on the sideline while saying I promote HBCUs. I try and profit off of um, our, our intent to grow and trying to broadcast and represent and claim to represent without making a stand in it. So for me, it, it, it's important to do this. If you're a rugby person, black, white, whoever, I'm not going to go red, blue, blue, like, you know what I'm talking about. Whatever your ethnicity is within this sport of rugby, um, you have a absolute, an absolute responsibility to uphold the natural inclusive nature of it, not the surface nature of, ooh, everybody plays, blah, 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 blah. No, it is what happens on and off the field. It is fighting against your own stereotypes, fighting against your own preconceived notions uh, on what a person is, whether it's a black person and what they're able to bring, whether it's a white person, what they're able to bring, Asian, um, uh, Hispanic, uh, Middle Eastern, uh, uh, Indian, European, African, Antarctican. I, it doesn't matter. Like, you have a responsibility to check your own biases and make sure you're, you're doing what you're supposed to. As well as what you do on the field, you have a responsibility off of it. You want to say that rugby is the greatest sport in the world and that it has held a social standard that it requires at this time to be considered amongst the greats then as a representative rugby participant, whether you are a fan, a coach, an administrator, a media member, a union, a player, whoever, you have a responsibility, obviously, to 
go and make the moves necessary so that the greater society is also being impacted and also knows that within the rugby community, there is truth to words and there's action to words. This comes from what you do at personal at home. Obviously, we all know we see it online. And if you haven't seen it online, yo, keep your family in check. Check on, make sure your friends are in check. Don't think that there is an open call for, 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 for negative, negative uh, uh, racial aspects simply because you have an association to a couple people of an ethnicity. There's a, like, you, you know it. There's a common sense to the respect of culture and ethnic and racial concepts. You know it. Check yourself on it. Check your friends and family on it. You don't even have to check your friends and family in a rude way. Yo, it's easy as, oh, look, I get what you're saying. I see that you think it might be funny. It's really not. You're putting a thing into your mind, and it's only going to perpetrate it. It's really not a joke. It's especially not a joke if you have to do it behind backs. But you know what? At the same time, can't control it. I can't control that. Everybody outside can't control it. But you can control what goes in and out of your mind and, and what, what you are controlling here. And you can at least present something. So that's, that's number one. That's number one. That's the obvious one. Number two, and this one is going to be particularly for those in the U.S. Um, as rugby people. We are actualized as consummate niche uh, sport. We are the, the bastard stepchild of the younger brother of the other cousin's friend's uncle kind of situation. We're, we sit on the outside. Uh, and it goes back to what I said. A lot of times it's because it's self-created. But... In doing so, there becomes an understanding of what it takes to develop something. You know, it is, it is uniquely interesting to be in a sport where the whole world knows about it in general, uh, where it is intersected in every part of the world, yet it is also still weirdly one of the smallest sports in most countries around the world or one of the smallest sports of most countries around the world. But we rise. You find ways to rise. So this leads to something when it comes to elections. This is here in America. There's a lot of people that uh, you know talk now about voting or not. And look, I'm going to be upfront and personal and say it straight up. I don't like Donald Trump. I've not liked him whenever I was young in, in the 90s, when I was six, seven, eight years old, and I knew who he was. Like, I remembered him from Home Alone. I remembered seeing him randomly with artists. There was always something off that was. And this was me as a kid. You know, when I got older and I got into teenage years, you know, look, I'm not going to pretend like he's in the forefront of mine, but he was always talked about. You know, we always knew, but it was like, yo, he's that, he's that prototypical rich guy. Like, prototypical. Everything that he's done before presidency, it was like, yo, this is what is done. That is, the, that, is that 
that that stereotypical movie rich guy. And obviously that's what he had pushed himself and portrayed himself to be. And then you got with the pre-election stuff with Obama and his first campaign run in 2006, 2007, whenever he was trying to run uh, um, initially and, you know, got booted out quickly because it was like, this isn't serious. You're just another celebrity. Like, you're a novelty. And then we saw the, the posts and everything from 2012 leading on and actually from 2010 leading into uh, even 2015, whenever he uh, announced, uh, 2014, I'm sorry, when he initially announced that he was going to be running for president. And before that, it was just like, this is what I expect. Uh, I expect this from people like that, where you are, it's not just an ignorance, it's, um, it's, it's a willful dismissal. Um, but at least you could say, hey, he's a celebrity, Whatever it is that you got to do, I mean, I as it doesn't affect me on a day-to-day -day basis. And anyone that really pays attention, I mean, is out of your mind. Like, nobody talks this much without having something inside. Then we got to 2016. And say what you want, you know, whether you didn't like either candidate, whether you liked one or the other, um, you know, he played out exactly what he had already been doing before. And uh, I, I was just, it was a, a massive turnoff. It wasn't media ideal it wasn't media representation it was yo you're a 74 year old man or 76 77 i don't remember how old he was 74 i think year old man who's been running on a consistency for at least publicly 40 years why am i expecting you to change anything now and i never understood why people thought he was going to do something different this is this is what celebrities do. Like when you work, especially when you're trying to create a persona, especially now, nowadays it's a little bit more honest. And I mean, by honest, I mean, there's at least an outlet that they're able to say their stuff as opposed to having to present the air of mystery. I think Will Smith talked about this uh, going into his 50th birthday about how much he had to try and create a concealment and you want to create a certain perception. And we're all at fault. Look, I am at, even at two. There is a perception that I want to make sure of me that is there. I want it to be accurate. I want it to be honest to who I am. But I want to make sure that it holds strong to it. So, And I'm not calling myself a celebrity. I'm just talking as a person who's trying to become better known so they can be more impactful in the greater, in the greater um, uh, situations. But you you watched you watched it and you're like, yo, I, why are people thinking he's gonna do anything different? Like this is what he does. He's not a great businessman. That was a presentation. We know the strings of failures that have come along with it, even leading through the election in 2016. But over the over these last four years, uh, I remember whenever it got elected and everybody was like, oh, the world is gonna end and. I don't know. For me, it was just like I'm not seeing anything that we're we're gonna get too different. I it's it's chaos already, uh, but it's a transition. You know, it it means that people are at least able to recognize the chaos, which wasn't always apparent in the past. And there's a way of at least constantly reminding you that this chaos existed. But um, over the course of the last four years, you kind of get bogged down, and even you know, even prior, even during the uh, Obama administration, 2010, Trayvon Martin was our first 
highlight of the millennial of this, of the millennium of this situation. And we, you know, we went through that. Eric Garner, Sandra Bland, eventually moving to Philando Castile, and you see the same things over and over again. Um, and and it always ended up being symbolic. So, but you have this guy, this president, who's not a leader. He never has been a leader. He's a talker. He's he's a talker. He's not a I walk the walk. I talk the, I talk the talk, and I walk the walk. He's I talk the talk, and I'm a show that I look like I'm walking, but I don't. I take out loans. I have losses. Casinos failed. Banks needing to uh, uh, foreclose, leveraging against banks to not pay back full debts, uh, going into bankruptcies multiple times, utilizing the system of bankruptcies to leverage against the fact that he is uh, a poor businessman. And that's not even to talk about the social issues. You know, we know, if you don't already know, the apartment situations with uh, actively rejecting black and brown people from his apartments uh, and his properties, actively doing it. We know the uh, uh, Central Five and his huge paid ad to consider to say that they needed to be lynched and removed, even though they were innocent of the action. They were kids at that too, kids, you know. And you just you just go through and you're just like, yeah, no, this is exactly who he is. There's nothing surprising here. But what it also ended up doing was whenever another situation happens. You have people who put up a symbolic nature and then will bitch and complain about um, whether, oh, Donald Trump isn't doing this or Donald Trump did this. And I'm talking about from one side thinking that he's doing something progressive. He's not. Um, And you can say, oh, he released people in jail. He didn't because what he did, he set up federal governors, federal judges that are conservative justices that will establish and maintain basically the same system that we're having now. It's super dangerous and wild. But the point of all of what I'm saying is uh, um, I don't like Donald Trump. I, I, I am not MAGA. I, I will absolutely unabashedly give you a side eye if you're MAGA um, and if you're a Trump supporter. I absolutely give you a side eye. Uh, I don't trust your judgment as much. I, I get your rationale. I don't trust your judgment. And it's okay. You don't have to agree. I, we all know this. Um, hell, I don't even need you to respect me. Um, if anything, just stay out of my way. But I don't trust, I don't trust Trump. I never have. Uh, I don't like him. And after everything that's happening now, it is even more important uh, that it goes that I he cannot be in power. Um, the level of petty that comes along and petulance, petulant childness that comes along makes a much more dangerous lame duck president. And he basically runs within that guy's unchecked, uh, which I understand. This is why I think a lot of MAGA people like him. The belief system that unchecked unfiltered vocalism is equivalent to power is equivalent to realness and it's not it's not um 
if you, especially if the evidence proves, in a basic measure, lying. If you have someone showing you what you said, and then you said that you didn't, and then you're trying to claim that it's edited, but it's clearly a straight video, like, it, no, it's a problem. So anyways, the point that I'm making on this is, for the people who are not MAGA, who are in the separation, and, I, and, I, and I, what I add is, it's not saying, not MAGA is not equivalent to is liberal. Not MAGA can include conservatives, liberals, and whatever parties in between. But for those who are in that stance right now, where we're talking about, we don't need, we don't want to vote because it's a two-party system. We don't want to vote because one guy is just as bad as the other. I, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna sit here and tell you this. A lot of people say, hey, it's this is not accurate. You, you can't blame them. It's the system is rigged. I'm gonna tell you you're full of shit. I'm gonna tell you this why. Here why. Yes, wealth runs this country. Absolutely, wealth runs this country. It is the, the random dichotomy of this country is you have a massively high ceiling with a massively low floor. Uh, but the floor isn't so massively low that it's without structural help. But the floor ceiling is so high and the floor doesn't get raised always well because people obviously want to keep pushing the floor down. Um, that's accumulation. Um, but you have an opportunity. You, you, there is an opportunity. All right. The catch also with that, the catch also with that is that it also creates the, the idea that wealth runs everything also creates the idea that there's a deification of people, especially wealthy people, because, you know, money is equal to God, God in the American concept, uh, in, in the American concept. But you have to also remember, these are freaking people. Like, they're people. Like, they're normal people. And I think anybody who has taken a lot of time to either deal with politicians or even wealthy people, even the ultra-wealthy, like, yo, they're, they're not that great. They're not that conniving. They're, like, what I mean by greed, you can be greedy, but you're not that smart to be able to pull a series of situations that you have to go to the point where it's like, I can't do anything from the bottom up. Uh, because we also see constantly that we make differences from the bottom up. And so it comes to when you talk about elections. In this election year, I'm sorry to tell you, it's a two-party system, and we're stuck on it for this election. And I'm going to say it right here, right now. Vote Biden. Vote Biden. You can say he's a blithering, demented idiot with a shady past and morally ambiguous feelings and is probably not the person that you, it is almost consistently maybe not the person that you want to trust to be in this position. But I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to go with the not Trump situation. You see what's happening now? 1806 insurrection declaration, uh, the, the, uh, the facet of, of, of what is happening uh, with, with, with 
with not talking to the people uh, who are angry uh, to the function of, you know, not condemning people in, in, in these white supremacist aspects. But, you know, this, this, in, this innate partiality that he tries to claim he doesn't have, it's going to get worse. It's getting worse in 2020 to 2024 if he comes back. This doesn't get better. There's not a, okay, he calms down. No. No longer does he have to try and please anybody. Uh, and he doesn't legally have to, not legally, he doesn't, he doesn't uh, um, competitively have to do anything. All right? So in this situation, yes, it's a two-party system. Hate, loathe Biden for everything he has. Die on the inside a little bit, but you're doing it for the greater good for at least, at least not increasing the dissension that's happening in the country. But here comes the next part of it. And this is the part that everybody seems to forget. It comes what happens in between these four years and then what happens in the next eight. Everybody always talks about the system is two party, but you don't even realize that you don't actually know how to create that party and how long you need to do it and how dedicated you need to we don't you don't pressure cook a party you want a third party you can say the green party and all them they exist but they exist up to a point it's up to a point but we have a different situation now in this country and in this era of living so do you want to create a party let me tell you how you create a party number one the party member, the party that you want to create needs to win local elections. You're starting from the bottom up. You have to show a proof that you can be effective in your philosophy as much as you can be impactful in your, in your, uh, in your policy. That means you're voting for your mayor. You're voting for your school board member. You're voting for your sheriff. You're voting for, if you have to vote for sheriff, you're voting for your judges. You're voting for your city, your city representatives. Uh, these are the ones that you have the direct access to. I remember one friend of mine uh, who used to work for USA Rugby, Eric Guide. We talked about this back in uh, 2016, uh, uh, 2014. And he was telling me about how Whenever you are running for election to make sure that you can get on on the ballot, there's some states that you have to require a petition to be able to get onto the ballot. You have to require a petition. And uh, a lot of times it's a four-year cycle to just get the n names in there. And by that point, you know, it's too late. Like, you don't start campaigning on the election year. You start campaigning three years prior. You open up the campaign two years and you go in hard one year prior. So it was just this constant effort of nothing happening, of not being able to make any real moves. And of course, it, it takes a while. It, it, it can be costly, especially in, in, in time, to be able to go get you know, 5,000, 50,000, 100,000 signatures to petition on there. But the way that you have to bypass it is you have to work from the bottom up. So get one, two, three, four elected uh, people of your party that you want to create with your philosophy into that position. <clears throat> then from there, 
You know, you show the community support. You create credibility so that there is a media aspect. And you do this per state, per city, per town. The bigger the, the as you ride, you move into bigger and bigger towns and bigger and bigger cities. Each of these costs money from a smaller local election that might cost maybe 5,000, uh, 3,000 to 5,000 in media buys to, to push the election. And of course, the person who is leading it has to be consistent to moving to uh, 150, 200, 300, 500,000 to a gubernatorial, to a, uh, up to a gubernatorial. You have to move throughout the state. Go into your congressional, uh, your state congressional, your, uh, your, your, your gubernatorial. Um, but all these have to show an effect locally first. And you have to push your candidates. And that also means finding people who have money, whether it's from your small campaign donorship of, um, of supporters to looking for big money donors who are new. And this is what tech industry is now created. Sports has created. New wealth is always looking for a way to be able to make impact. So you make impact and you find them and you find the nature and develop them. You don't call for them to do it for you. You go find them and you go get it done. And then when you've won and you've shown consistency in each of these states and you've shown that you've got the backing in each state, one, two, three, it doesn't have to be every position, one, two, three significant positions, a mayor, a senator, a house of representative, a state house of representative, a governor for sure, you show that they are able to be impactful. And then that's whenever you start making that across the 50 states. That means it takes care of your need for the petition. What? You're saying that takes a long time and it's work and it's money? Yeah, no shit. This isn't easy. The change doesn't come easy. And it's marketing. It's pandering. It's also understanding the people that are in that arena. Because you know what else you need? You need people who know how to negotiate. You need people not to negotiate between businesses. I mean, negotiate amongst people. You think that people who are in Congress, in government right now, are not trying to maintain a leverage of power? It's not. Look, a lot of people don't go into politics because they want to do evil. They go into politics because they legitimately believe they want to make a change. You, Honestly, whether you want to believe it or not, it's what it is. Like, they're not robots. But the problem is, is that you, whenever you have a position of power and leverage and you're trying to negotiate something good for your constituents and somebody else has an idea for their constituents, it makes it imperatively difficult to be able to say, hey, can you just give a little bit for me so I can give back for you in the long term? No, you have to have a leverage. There has to be something. So you get stuck in the minutia of trying to constantly please and handle these people. But that's where you have to find people who can also handle it. This is where it gets lost into the concept of the corruption and all that like that. Because people are people. Look at it even now. Beginning of coronavirus. Hey, everybody, look. Can you guys just not take all the toilet paper? Why do we need toilet paper? I don't know, but don't take it. But what happened? Oh, man. There were people who went and bought out the full stores and then tried to resell them at heavily marked up prices. There were people who... Uh, 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 prevent, got what they needed 
but didn't know what it was. So they tried to get as much for their family and take care of their own. They weren't trying to resell it. They were just trying to hold on to theirs. You had the people who got a little bit and they were like, we're just doing it just because just in case. And they weren't trying to overdo themselves. And then you had the people who didn't do anything. And they were just like, yeah, I, I don't get this. This seems irrelevant. All of that takes place in something as small as freaking toilet paper. What do you think it means when you're talking about billions of dollars, uh, uh, voter bases? It is your lifeline, your credibility, your ego that constantly sits on the line. Of course, you're going to fall into it. And when you start to get lost into the mix and the hardest thing, and this is where it does become inexcusable. The hardest thing that you can do is to maintain your own ethics and your own set of morality to make sure that you don't fall further in than you need to. But you have to be effective. You have to be impactful. So you find the people that can help you connect with those people. You find, you get to know your people through your dinners and your, your uh, uh, walk into communities and your presentation. You're constantly having to. But if you get lazy, you get fat, you get tired, you get exhausted by the mundanity, Yo, it, it doesn't probably mean that it's time for you to go. Like, you need a refresher. This, this ain't it. You're here for the lifestyle. Then you're not, not here for the work. And that goes, to the, again, to the people who have to create this aspect. So when you have a, create a new party, you need to make sure that there's an aspect where people are going to know how to work other people. I'm sorry. The world does not work as a meritocracy. It works in terms of a mixture of meritocracy, nepotism, and uh, uh, personal emotions. Yes, uh, this is just how we go. This is humanity. And especially when you actually have stakes on the line. That paralysis by analysis hits real hard. Then once you have now officially had the states, you've impacted, you don't even have to go all 50. I would argue you can probably make an impact in at least 20 states. 20, 20, 20 to 30 states. That's, a little, you know, we're talking about 40, 40 to 60% of the states, you can be able to make an impact as a presidency because now you are showing that not only are you a viable, credible party, you have viable, credible people behind it. You've shown impact uh, at the small scale, so people already have a resonating and nostalgic feeling. You are setting up yourself for a new generation of voters that have long been ingrained and indoctrinated into your thought process and what you're trying to do. Now it's whenever you can say, let's make a, a run at so-and-so party where you don't go for the Democrats, you don't go for the Republicans, you go for that third party. And it's not something that becomes a joke because, hey, here's a kicker that happened between what's gone on in the last 20 years and now. You do have social media and <laughs> you can't say what you want and you can put out the ads and you, as long as you tr maintain honesty, Maintain honesty. Look, one thing that we can learn from Trump, dude, if you are in your shit, lean into it. Lean into your shit. But the difference between a Trump and what you can do is actually be accountable for yourself as well as lean into it, as well as show the change. Because that's where your power broker comes from. That's where you go, I am unapologetic about what I believe. But I'm also not so egotistical that I'm not willing to be flexible. But I'm going to let you know right now, if it's something you have a problem, yo, you can get out. No, I don't need you. We're going to find more people because you know what? 
People are born every day. There's always people that are somewhere in the middle. People vote for their interests, whether it's one or two uh, nation, one or two uh, aspect element. People vote for their interests. So you, you set that up. Obviously, you can't be everything to everybody. You have to have a stance somewhere. You cannot be everything to everybody. So you're going to have a stance. And then from that point, it goes, hey, now we're going to make a presidential election run. And this is where it might take a couple times. And here's a kicker on all this. This is probably a 20, 25, 30-year effort. It's the kicker of it. Change doesn't come quick. You don't make paradigm shifts in four years. Um, the things that we have happening now didn't start in 2016. They started in 2000. They started in 98. They started, you know, elementaling themselves in 1988. You know, we had transitions. This is a steadily built up concept. What you see now is what was happening, what was already being prepared for. It just feels like in hindsight, not that long ago. Um, and this is where it comes. Like, this is how you do it. If you're young, and when I mean young, I'm talking about starting at 16 to 18, when you have no experience, but you got a lot of energy and you got a lot of accessible knowledge, you're not going to have context, but you are able to have, you're able to have voice. You're able to start the elements of what you need. Start at the grassroots level. I, I expect anyone between the ages of 18 and, uh, uh, no, I'm going to even go one step further, between the 18, ages of 16 and 21, if you are really serious about what your political future is, and I mean in the sense of being, may, being the contrarian change that you believe in, I would say start creating your organization, an organization that has a resounding marketable name to it that actually resonates, not a whole sentence, not just a movement. Uh, the movement can be the phrasing, the movement can be the motivation, but a name that sticks in people's minds. From that point, you need to use that name of the organization and start implementing them into grassroots community efforts. And you work with your politicians. One thing that I learned from doing the HBCU Rugby Classic, I didn't realize how absolutely accessible politicians really are. Like, they are absolutely accessible. It is wild. And they, you have, they have to be. By the nature of their job, they have to be. They can try and be ignored, but you know the risk of being unelected is always there. So you can. And you leverage their name in the moment to develop your organization. And from that, you start to build a credibility because what you're looking for is what you're going to do in you know, 15, 20, 25 years later. You're going to sit down and do the work. You insert yourself into the movements that you believe add to your scope. But you also insert and start recruiting people into your organization as a growing and developing political party. And from that point, yo, you now trudge. And what you're going to do, it's going to take 10 years for it to be able to settle. It'll take 10 years for you to be able to settle. No if, and, or buts. You can have a quick launch, but quick launch have fast drops. What you want is a steady, consistent effort. You might be coming in out of high school. You're working your way through it. You can be interning and working for others, but you steadily 
are building your political party. You're understanding the knowledge of how everything works within the system. You start building your, your relationships from there and develop. People who are uh, in their 20s and early 30s, like myself, this is where we've developed a lot of skills. How do we add our skills into the lexicon? You don't sit back and talk, especially if you have a vitriol hatred for what is this system, a vitriol hatred. You absolutely have to put your skills into it. And if you have a, uh, uh, you have, I don't want to say a, a passive because I don't think anybody has a passive dislike. If you want to be able to see a change, you have to be able to add your skills. It's more than just putting up blackout stuff on your social media. It's more than just a frame. It's more than you just saying, oh, man, I stand up against racism. Okay. It's not just your Instagram post. When I tell you that if you have a deep dislike for it, it means you need to put your skills. If you're a plumber, you're a foreman, if you're a uh, 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 blue-collar worker of any sort. As a blue-collar worker, your money isn't going to be good. You don't have enough for it. Um, your time is limited, obviously. But what your efforts are, and we're going to talk within this 20 years period, blue-collar worker, yeah, this 24 to 34, 35-year point, yo, you have the opportunity to learn, obviously, learn, and you make sure you are poignant on your position in life and understand what your needs are. You have to be so thorough with what your needs. It's not we want jobs. No, that's not how jobs work. It's we are looking for businesses that service this and this and this need in my community. I'm able to do so much. Let me help, help ask me to help partner with you whoever the government in this situation so that we can continue to bring real jobs so that my kid or my older my older friend or my unemployed qualified friend is capable of finding a means of sustaining themselves how can you help me how can i help not only service my family but also now bring more efforts you know is it money cool and here's the thing we have these things happening this is, we have a lot of these things happening, but people aren't necessarily taking advantage of them. So it's easier to, to bitch about it. Here's the other half of it. You need these systems. There needs to be a, these social systems put into place. It will help you as an individual. You see that over the long haul. Your development sees that over the long haul. As older people, I'm talking about middle age, 35 to 55, you have experience. You have Arguably, money, at least on your side. This is whenever you have to fight for the rights of the individual schools. This is when you are sitting back instead of just saying thugs or uh, people need to pull themselves off by their bootstraps or whatever BS uh, nonsense. Even on the other side, like, hey, we need to dismantle the capitalistic, like, none of that means anything what you need to do is hey how do we siphon this money that we're getting from the work and jobs and what we do to not only satiate our family but make sure that we're developing in our own community and others 
because the community that is also in, uh, uh, low in income impacts your wealth, your higher income uh, communities. Just because you have a gate does not mean you are dis you're uh, uh, disassociated from that. Uh, the smarter your town is, the better your 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 weakest link is, the stronger you can be overall. You don't even sit back and concern, but that's where you are because you're making decisions now. You're also in a decision-making stance. Um, and then it goes to the older people. You know, we're talking 55 plus. I'm, I'm lumping it all together. Your, your knowledge, you may not have the energy. You know, it's not the energy that you have, but you have the knowledge, you have experience, and you have context. And you need to be using that well. And not only do you have all that, now you have to be able to, because you have experience, you have knowledge, you have context. You need to be able to know that you can be able to be flexible to what new information is said and recontextualize it. Because one thing is for sure, human, human behavior is so predictable and it's so cyclical. You know it's already what's already going to happen. But what you need to do is not condemn necessarily behavior that is... My, that you might even think is misguided. It's you needing to sit down, retranslate what your thoughts are so it communicates out to the impression of the people who have the energy that will push it up or else they're taking knowledge without context. And this is what you need to do. This is what you need to do to be able to make those changes as the political party. Whether you have a vitriol hatred, whether you have a, 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 an issue, distaste, uh, whether it's a take, like your body is a privilege and a right. You have the right to live the best life that you possibly can. You have the right to try and achieve that, that there shouldn't be something that stands in your way, un an unnatural uh, method that stands in your way from getting there, especially here in this country. And I don't care what anybody says. My family is Nigerian. I've been around the world. I've been to different countries around the world. Believe me, your opportunities are amazing in this country. But at the same time, you have to, it also works on building on top of each other. It, it literally, you have to be able to have a rise in your weakest link. The low income, yo, go rise. If it's, Amer if it's a work effort or it's a lack of uh, issue of poor relationship or it's bad behavior, like, yo, condemn bad behavior, condemn poor relationship habits, condemn poor work habits. Nobody can just get by, all right? Like, and even contrary to belief, like, nobody can just get by. But the opportunity stands equitably. Yo, the education, yo, keep it even. Like, it doesn't matter if there's private schools or public schools. Like, yo, look, some people want to be in the private school. Go be in your private school. Some people be in public school. Be in public school. But the key is, yo, your education coming out of it should be basically about the same. It really is inexcusable. It really is inexcusable. Your ability to think wisely should be is inexcusable. Obviously, your health and everything like that, that plays into it. These are all mental and psychological aspects that go. But you want that. I promise you, you will only get wealthier when your poorest person is still wealthier even more so on average than everybody else. Like, wealthier than the lowest of everybody else around. Um, it, it's not distribution of wealth in per se. It's literally, yo, just create an equi equitable stance, not equal, equitable stance. 
and you'll I promise you conservative liberal doesn't matter I promise you you are going to see a range of difference and it will make things so that situations like this don't happen where accountability now gets put in don't get me wrong everybody's not gonna like each other we're always gonna have dissension it's always gonna be dissension it's always gonna be some level of him versus her them versus those um, uh, you versus me there's gonna be something that's that's human nature we're not asking to fight human nature. We're asking to sustainably create a level where we should be at so that we can go work on some a whole new set of problems that will reoccur. It's, it's new leveling up. And it does start with voting in this one. And it does start with you not complaining, not just bitching about it online. And I don't mean complaining as in, like, don't talk about it. No, you talk about it. But don't think that's enough. You're not doing enough. Your, your anger and means nothing if it does not have an impact. If you're a nurse, you're a doctor, you're a medical person, yo, go put your stuff in. You, you're already doing it. COVID, you're getting it done. A marketer like me, look, and I'll say this here. Look, if there is anybody who is looking to start a viable political campaign and really actually wants, looks, has a, 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 political stance um or at least not even a political stance just a measures that i can buy into look i'm here to be able to work with you on marketing i will use whatever the skills that i've learned from my work to add into it um i will work to be able to put your put the, your name out there as well too um and if that if it's just asking questions yo let's just ask the questions you know i'm here for it you know, I let me go find. I, I don't even know. Maybe go find it. Maybe I'll go find it. You know, um, but it's it's very simple. It's very difficult, but it's very simple. Human behavior is is consistent. And look, guys. You know. You know, we hold everybody. We need to make sure we're holding everybody accountable, but not holding people accountable out of fear. Um, and as much as you need to hold people accountable, you also need to be willing if, if somebody shows obvious change over a period of time, yo, we're going to go ahead and have to give them some kind of, we have to give them some credit. Like you have to do it on the other side too. Um, the concept of, you know, cancel culture isn't real. We actually know because once you forget it, it, it steps aside and you only try and bring it up. Don't don't fall for that. You hold the people accountable for what they do. And don't just ask for them to give you an apology. Apologies are bullshit. Uh, you want to make sure that they are providing actual tangible evidence that they are making changes, uh, that they are making an effort. And when you see that they're making an effort, I'm not going to tell you that you have to forgive them. I'm not going to say that you have to change your feelings on them. What I'm going to say is you have to, you, you can't keep judging them against that unless they prove otherwise. At some point, you got to give them the benefit of the doubt. Um, and that's for anybody. Um, and, 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 yeah, that's for anybody. But, um, like, I think, I guess, in conclusion, what I'm saying, because I think this was just a giant one-hour rant for me. Um, if you made it all the way to the end, uh, I'm happy. I appreciate it. Um, if you didn't uh, and you were just shut it off, I don't have very many listeners on this but um i 
appreciate everybody who has taken the time to listen to the podcast at one point or another or seen the videos or seen this video or whatever like that. Um, I legitimately appreciate you. But let's be the change that we believe in. Um, let's not just be good humans. We don't need to be perfect humans. Um, we're going to make our mistakes. We're going to do what we got to do. Um, but let's at least try and make an effort to not let this happen and force force the accountability and the stakes to make it so nothing like this can happen. Not not within a situation like this. Maybe maybe if something legitimately bigger comes in, then we we might return to the outcome. But maybe not the not the not the um, not the the virus itself. And that comes within our cops. Look, I get it. Not all cops are bad. Um, but, you know, at some point in time, you either... It's, it's, it becomes part of the citizens to back you, but at the same time, more importantly, you, know, you got to back yourself. And actually, it's not the citizens that need to back you because you chose in this. So I'm going to negate that. You chose this. So you learn your system. You do what you can do do for the community and, and negate it. Um, you talk and get to know your police chief. You talk and get to know your politicians. Uh, we understand that you have a responsibility, so please get psychological help. Go to a psychiatrist on a regular basis. Do not take your trauma out on us, on, on black people. Don't take your trauma out on citizens who are non-black. Uh, you got to talk it out. Um, talk to your... Talk to your, 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 you know, your administrators. Tell them that they need to uh, uh, make sure that there's better additional training on how to handle neighborhoods, what the fears are, what are consistencies where, or that there's better hiring practices, much better hiring practices. Um, Expect a higher level of intelligence out of the um, officers, higher level of emotional intelligence. Uh, if you do see bad behavior, you know that it needs to be weeded out. Don't let nepotism stick in. Or if nepotism is going to stick in, let it be nepotistic on your, on your advantage. Be able to remove people because of the relationships that you created from this voluntary position that you took. This is for you officers, uh, for you specifically police officers. You took a voluntary position. You have a responsibility not just to know your job and how to do your job. Nine months in the police academy is not where you stop. Your duty on the streets is not where you stop. You freaking go learn your congressional members. You go talk to them, whether talk to them as a citizen. Get to know your neighborhood, not just the people in there, but get to know the people that make power moves. Because if you do have a bad egg and you know it, they're the ones that you got to go deal with. And you go and create those relationships and you make them foundationally powerful for you because you are not a, you're not an autonom automatron. You're, you're not a robot, all right? And if you are, then you're not here for the job. You're, you're not. You need to have the intelligence both intellectually and emotionally to be able to do the work that you're doing, all right? It's a tough job. I get it. I get it. It's a dangerous job. I get it. You weren't drafted into it.
you made an active decision to be in it. So you do all the responsibilities that is in it. Me, marketer. It's my responsibility to communicate. It's my responsibility to be able to uh, at least push things out. And, and you know what? I, I don't think I've always been doing it well because sometimes I think it's symbolic and I hate symbolism by itself because it doesn't do anything. But on the other side, we'll do it. And I call all my other friends and, and non-friends to be able to do that within their own profession. Like, go that extra mile um, and not have the uh, crowd effect of just thinking somebody else will do it. So, um, and obviously with the politicians, you know, get accountability. Grow some balls, all right? If you legitimately think that you have a stance that you really mean to take, and this is for the politicians, I'm going to say it again, because I might just clip this part out. As a politician, if you are afraid of your donors, and I'm talking about your big-name donors, that you will make an ethical move against yourself, against something that you can believe, and you're not willing to leverage your, your, your position on your colleagues as well in something that you know is morally correct, and you haven't taken the time to actually go back to your constituent, constituents, your voter base, and tell them exactly what's up, you know, get out of office. Like, we can't have, we can't have scared people in office anymore. Um, yo, you got to grow, you got to, you go, you got to grow some. You got to buck up, you got to grow up. Um, this isn't a, you, you can't have this as a retirement position. Uh, yo, you, you got to keep pushing. You got to do the most. And, and, yo, it's, it's leverage. It's negotiation. But lean back on your constituents. Like, if you can feel like they can find the money, Yo, then let's get it so that you don't ever feel like you're in a stuck place. And if it's people going against you, if you're afraid of your own party, yo, dude, you need to check what your leverages is, are. And you either start cultivating the next generation of people so that you can be backed up or you go and you find your friends and you go press up on the, the, the party. Press up on the uh, on the administrators of your party and be like, yo, you need to buck the fuck up. Like, don't ever threaten me in my your life again. I will do what I know is right. If you ever think I'm stepping out of line and doing it, then do it. But you need to make sure you're backing it up with effort. You better, and not just effort, impact. I don't want to hear any kind of I was there, I voted for this. No, you make an impact. You just doing, just saying it doesn't mean anything. If you haven't learned to be able to get your associates involved, you failed. You failed at what you, you are a failure as a politician, in my opinion. If all you can do is I say, I voted for it, but it didn't pass. And there was nothing that you did that didn't pass, you know. And the guys that can make things pass, if they're morally ambiguous, then you leverage on them. Leverage on them. They clearly just want something. It doesn't matter. You don't, nobody needs to be always morally good. They just need to be effective. So you handle the morality and you press. Press hard. Because it's ridiculous at this point. Even within everything I said earlier. I know. I get it. It's hard. Wow. What a shock. Being a world leader is difficult. No, no shit. So... Look, guys, and one more thing, and then, like I said, for the people who are just there voting, yo, I get your rage. Do what you got to do, but get it out because 
once the smoke is once you're done there's going to be smoke in the air and you better be ready to be able to handle that next move all right that next move is going to be the important move this was the this was the big bang now i want to see these things actually develop together and like i said i'm i'm here for it to be a part and you show me also what i need to be able to do to do it because sometimes i don't know i don't know and it's easy to get lost in yourself but i will do what i can whether it's this whether it's rugby whether it's whatever I, I don't care let me know let me know how i can do it and don't take advantage of me on it just utilize me all right and utilize my friend and i'll flex on my friends uh to try and utilize their efforts and see what they can do all right i will talk the talk as much i'll walk the walk as much as i'm trying to talk the talk all right and you can hold me accountable for it but as a constituency Yo, either be the change you believe in and get ready to do that, do that real gear where you got to dig deep and you got to pull out everything to get the bottom line until you make that next move. And that goes into the next year. It's not, it doesn't stop in, in November. It doesn't stop in January. It doesn't stop in May. It doesn't stop again in November. It doesn't stop in 2022 or 2023 or 2024 or 2025. It is a constant intentional effort to constantly be at that forefront you learn every skill you can so that you are able to leverage and you have your ability to flex your nepotism and you find the people that are have skills that you don't know how to do so you can flex them together and you delegate that all together you find the organizations that seem to have already cultivated relationships and you flex on them and you make sure that you are doing your part because there's no reason for you to be just angry Anger without works is nothing. Anger without works is nothing. You're bullshit. Absolute bullshit. But all that means is, yo, you matter at the same time. It's all bullshit, but you matter. So make it all happen. That's everybody. Make it all happen. Let's, God, let's, I can't even say let's never have this happen again. It's going to happen again. But let's be sure that we can have the accountability across the board. Uh... I'm not going to promote anything here. Uh, I'm not, not putting any sponsor or anything like that. But um, look, if you guys feel this, please share it. Let people know what I feel. And uh, if they want to join on, yo, let's do it. As a rugby community, outside the rugby community, yo, let's join on. Let's, let's go make something happen. I'm going to be making it up on the fly if the case is. But I'm here to learn. And I'm going to talk with my people. And we're going to do what we can to make something happen all right it's 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 not even just enough is enough it's and we're now in a position where we can do the most so let's do it let's do it hope you guys have a, a great week and uh don't worry next week uh barring anything major uh we'll be back with our interviews and uh with a regular a regular podcast um cheers <laughs>